0: on, well, on air, no, we have it up online, but it it feels like it's on air, still feels that way because we have an option for how you can listen to us. Some of you know that because you're listening that way. You're either picking us up directly from our podcast feed or from our radio loop, and you can find either of those access methodologies if you're listening. You know this at word CenterLeftTalkRadio.com. It is the 19th of December. It is another one of those years. Um, and I, and there, I, I, I am running across more and more of them of late. Of late, and I of late, I mean in terms of of looking at recent years, you know, the 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 window it becomes that much larger. I'm beginning to under you begin to understand after a while what geologic years might be like uh, in terms of uh, you know well you can understand that because it happens in terms of geologic time that that movement of the tectonic plates well. There is something tectonic, uh, for the most part, that seems to be uh, in in, in reviewing things that happen over the space of years. But there are times when it feels like everything just gets compressed more and more. And and, uh, look, I, I seem to be able this year to look at past years and notice that some are one way and others are another. The way I'm noticing this year to be is one of those years where the race to Christmas is overcoming or seems to be overriding all other perceptions. I can't catch up. I can't seem to catch up with how fast Christmas and the holidays are racing toward us, or I, I, I can't seem to catch up with the speed at which things are moving in that direction. I, I can't seem to get to the same pace of Christmasizing, holidayizing that the calendar says we are moving towards uh, those holidays, Christmas and New Year's and all that. Uh, it's, it's just fascinating how fast it all seems to be moving along. Uh, I became I became aware of this l- very much yesterday. We were uh, my wife and I and, and and some dear friends were in the city, went to a a lovely place right across the street from uh, from Radio City Musical. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, very fancy uh, Greek restaurant called Avra, and it used to be the lobby. Of the, um, of the of the of the building, the 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 office structure that is directly across the street on the northwest corner of 50th Street and Sixth Avenue, d- directly across the front entrance to Radio City Musical. You, 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 I can't describe it any more perfectly. It's it's no easy, It's no harder than that to see it, and you get inside in what was the lobby of this office building has been completely reset as a three-floor restaurant. Lovely place, really nice, lovely service, great food. Now the prices are going to be, you know, what they're going to be. There's, there was a prefix lunch. But I, I, I was just, and, and of course the decorations especially around there as you're around Rockefeller Center, around the tree and all those other things, and, and the decorations up and down the large office buildings on 6th Avenue as you go up towards Central Park once you hit 59th Street and then further down as you're going back towards Times Square and everything else. The decorations in that little area around Radio City Musical are these huge oversized decorations and I, and I must tell you, I, I look forward to seeing them every year uh, and, and often they're the same decorations that have been there in the past. And they were, again, this year. But I'm looking at them and I'm saying, didn't wasn't I here yesterday? Uh, wasn't it summer yesterday afternoon? And the day before that, wasn't it winter? And were, weren't these out for that last winter? Are they just coming out? Could you have had them here all along? Did I just not real? It's that kind of a, a race through time that's, that seems to be just, just taking hold of so much of my perceptions. And, and, and when, when I find myself being so aware of this race, it, it, it becomes more difficult to simply slow down enough to step back and appreciate the beauty and the feeling of what is around you. This, this sense of being in a, in, in, a, in a foot race with reality, as it were, and I, I don't know how else to just dis- describe that, removes the capacity, my capacity, to simply slow down and uh, smell the roses, as it were. R- really focus on stuff. Take in the little things. Take in the details for what they are now. Not, not simply um, a, a variation on something that seems like it happened far too recently to be any different than now. Because then you destroy you, you you well you you mitigate you you limit your capacity to appreciate what is there you you limit the emotional and so many other parts of your of your of your psyche uh, from 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 melding with from from making contact with what's out there you can't really enjoy it you can't really look at it you can't really you can't really take it in and and savor it and feel the best of it there's a layer that's missing and i'm and i'm obviously going somewhere with this bear with me while we were having lunch the conversation drifted towards uh, one, uh, one, of, uh, one of the people who were there uh, has a family, everybody making money, everybody doing well, but who are what I would call reflexively Republican with many MAGA members, real heavy-duty MAGA types in there. And comments that were coming from those MAGA people with money, with no lack of money, so this is not about being poor and toothless and, 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 uned, and uneducated, none of that. But people who are casually, uh, just not, not just dismissive, but, 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 but hateful towards Joe Biden and anything and anyone around him on a reflexive basis. And this person who was at lunch with us was saying, she was saying, that she was listening, she was at a family event, somebody's, uh, somebody's. Uh, there was a, a, a baby shower or something, and she was at it last weekend, and was hearing comments specifically directed at Pete Buttigieg, who was is, who is the secretary of uh, transportation, uh, basically one of the sharpest, smartest human beings you'll ever hear, thoughtful, looking to get things, Yeah, you know, a guy that I can imagine being on a short list to be, uh, up there uh, for presidential candidate at some point in the future. He's still only in his 30s, as far as I know, but he's gay and he's married and he's open and all that other stuff and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and just casually throwing out horrible statements about this guy that had really no basis in reality and just hating him because of who he was with no, no reasoning being given. And and the point was made that if you can do that about one of the most obviously intelligent, capable uh, people uh, in government today, young, upcoming, et cetera, et cetera, if you can be that mindless in your in your criticisms, it's clear that you are being mindless. In other words, your capacity to critically judge anything and anyone, or or judge their actions if you don't want to judge them, is something that must have been, I'm going to say, surrendered somewhere along the way. It, it, it may be taken from you, but I think ultimately one has to consciously surrender the capacity to make critical judgments and to replace them with pure, reflexive, and Oh, and the other thing was that there was anger. Always anger expressed. In, it wasn't just a casual dismissive thing. It was like, he's a lousy, no good... The anger was part of something. That was unexpected. What our friend was hearing at her uh, niece's baby shower and hearing the other side of the family simply tossing out invectives at Pete Buttigieg for doing his job, I guess. Now, back up from there to an op-ed piece, an opinion piece that was in the, yesterday's New York Times by David French. I, I, you may have run across this. It's getting, it's getting some coverage. And I believe the, the title of it I, I, I scanned it. I did not read every word of it, but I, but I picked up some, some commentary on I think I read enough of it to know what's, what, what the real content was. It was entitled "Maga Man." And it was basically focusing on Rudy Giuliani. but it was it was focusing from him and then outward. And it was talking about the fact that Giuliani did precisely what Donald did. Uh, if you remember in the in the uh, in the civil what they're calling the civil rape case, where where Donald essentially was uh, Eugene Carroll, basically, uh, accused him of and got a New York jury to convict him of uh, civil battery uh, in, in, a, uh, in, in events that had taken place several years earlier. Uh, she then uh, was able to get uh, defamation uh, uh, damages from him uh, and there was, I believe in the original case, there was punitive damages. No sooner is this case finished Then Donald walks out the door of the court and begins defaming her again exactly the way he did that got him the fine and lost him the case in the first place and she instantly resues him, and that case is presently being decided, and it's understood that the, the damages, or the punitive damages at this point, will be substantially higher, somewhere probably in the tens of millions at this stage in the game. Well, Rudy Giuliani, uh, a few days back, was basically, uh, he lost this case. Shane and Ruby Moss, the two uh, poll workers from Georgia, who Giuliani viciously, angrily, meanly, in total, with, totally lying about it, in, in, in the worst possible terms, defined as a bunch of hacks, people who were cheating, who were passing a, a thumb drive around with fake names of, of people on it so that they could basically <coughs> count ballots that weren't there. And, and just every conceivable wild conspiracy theory you could imagine. And, 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 and this became um, the, the, the storyline for MAGA. People for Republicans. Donald began mimicking it and restating it himself. He was saying it all over the air. He, he referred to these women by name. They had their lives flipped upside down. You've probably heard some of the stories. Well, Rudy gets hit with a one, when you add the punitive to the actual damages, Rudy got hit with nearly 150, 148 million dollars in both actual and punitive damages based on what he did. And what's the first thing this crazy man does when he gets outside of the courtroom? He goes on uh, One America News or one of the you know, one of the Fox wannabe networks or I want to be crazier than Fox is what they are and makes an even crazier statement. To the effect that no, 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 no. It's all. I. It. Everything I said about her was absolutely true. There. No. Uh, no. The, the, there was just. They're, they're just attempting to muzzle me. Blah blah blah. He essentially pulls a Trump. What what Trump did after the Eugene Carroll verdict is exactly what Rudy does. And what do Shane and Ruby Freeman do? They do exactly what E. Jean Carroll did. They again immediately, instantly re-sue him. Why? Because the same, uh, the, the same horrible lies, the same slander. That he, uh, that he committed against them, that brought on all of the horror in their lives, that got people to offer death threats to them and basically turn their lives upside down, Rudy basically was saying, I'm going to do it all over again. Yeah, that, that's what he did. It was a perfect Donald. Donald. He was being, according to David French's article, his opinion, his op-ed piece in the Times, he was being the perfect MAGA man. Now, according to French, and I totally agree with this, to be a MAGA man, and I, it, 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 it's gender-free, by the way, you could be a MAGA woman, but MAGA man is easier, flips, you know, slips easily off the tongue. You simply have to do two things. You have to first be able to lie, and not be able to. You must be committed to, you must regularly lie. You must make lying the central, the central theme, the central, the central talent, the central vehicle that of communication for you. You must knowingly lie. In other words, you must lie about things that you know are lies because only then can you control the way in which you lie about them. You must lie about things that before you became magified, before you, be, you bought into Donald, before you, you suddenly somehow found out or imagined that being taken with or embracing Donald was your pathway to, I don't know, power, success, whatever. But before you embrace Donald, you like Donald may have expressed any number of different political opinions. You may have actually been in favor of abortion rights. You may have been pro-immigration. You may have been a Democrat. Donald was all of those things, okay? Until he recognized that there was a, a untapped level of anger and grievance in the country that he had the unique ability to tap into. He knew how to find and to utilize people's anger and grievance. And what he also knew, and he knew this viscerally, and he's shown it again and again, that once you've tapped into this well of anger and grievance in people, you can get them to shut Down any capacity they might otherwise have for critical reasoning. Once they are embedded and living in this world of anger and grievance, you can get them to do things that are based on the uh, the, the, based on the uh, substance. Well, it's insubstantial, but based on the the uh, the verbiage of the anger and grievance, the expressed. Grievance a thing, the thing about which you're angry without thinking of consequences, without recognizing who or what might be at play here, without, without really examining true fault, without examining actual existence of these grievances and angers, without thinking through what are the real-world problems that are behind your angers, what are the necessary solutions, who would be affected, all of these things. You can shut that out. If you can get the anger and the grievance sufficiently front of mind and you do that, this is part two to being a MAGA man, by the way, according to David French. Part one is a capacity to lie. Part two is incessant angry screaming at people with the message you want them to receive. You must be angry angry. It must have an anger-based kind of a delivery constantly. There must be an apocalyptic apocalyptic danger associated with the thing you're focusing on. You must be outraged by it. How dare they? And the day de- and the they is anyone who's not us and that becomes mostly broadly speaking democrats. But how dare they or or the deep state whatever the hell that is, how dare they imagine that they can get away with this and this is the lie or or the or the or the consciously uh, contrived inaccuracy or the misconstrued facts how dare they the uh, the grouped they who may not ever really be a they think that they can impose this on us we being the aggrieved magaists the people the embracers of donald how dare they imagine that they can do whatever it is they're alleged to do to, it's all based on a misperception of emotional triggers and basically a willingness to simply after a while only respond emotionally and Little by little, what happens is is, is a rather curious thing. Once the only thing you can hear is loud, perpetual noise, then what you wind up doing is seeking out that noise because nothing else is getting in. You're, You're not able to think through anything. Your critical reasoning skills are being diminished day by day. You, you, have, you are increasingly, because you bought into the MAGA thing in the first place, you are now seeking out sources and sounds and information and silos of information that basically reinforce this type of screaming, angry, uh, grievance stuff because that's all you can hear. And the more of it that you receive, the less your your critical reasoning skills drop all the more. Now, you need to keep this process going. You need someone with the capacity to basically be indefatigable in the areas of lying, screaming, and grievance mongering. That is Donald. He is basically a wind-up toy for destruction. Once wound up, and he was wound up sometime in his teens, probably, or earlier, he has never... The spring is self-winding. It's an auto-wind. It never ends. And his capacity to find vehicles for grievance that basically will free him from responsibility for things in reality has never, ever ended, and it is only getting larger. Why? Because his responsibility for things in the real world is getting all the louder, all the bigger. It's competing for the fantasy, for the fantasy grievance world that he's creating. But what he has done brilliantly, well, in a sick way, but in his sick, brilliant way, has gone ahead, and he has created this base, and it's reinforced with people like Rudy in, Maggie, in MAGA World and, and Mark Meadows and others. Uh, they, they all don't have to yell and scream the same way, but, it's, but the, the, the modus operandi and the basic underlying capacity to lie is there all the time. What he has done is gotten a bunch of people who now are addicted to the lie... And the people who are basically running the lie, or keeping the lie going, are addicted to the adulation and the power that comes from the people who have bought into their lie said and done on behalf of Donald. It becomes a resonating loop. And to keep that that feeling going, to keep the grievance going, the necessary grievance, the grievance that basically blocks out all capacity for rational thought, for all rational discussion of anything, uh, for all critical reasoning, to keep that going, to keep the drug of irrationality going, you need to yell and scream all the more. And Donald understands that as his convictions get closer in criminal court as sentencing gets thrown, the only thing he has going for him is this ra- irrational anger there is an inevitable there is an inevitable conflict coming between those who who are MAGAists and the reality that will set in when Donald becomes a convicted sentenced in essence we will the, the 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 deep state in their language in maga language will be taking away their soul their main their 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 primary connection to the grievance and anger which is now their emotional mainstay and which prevents any ability to do critical reasoning, and that sense of critical reasoning, even even invading, even even wedging its way into their consciousness, becomes an upsetting thing. I mean, this is something that we were talking about, yes at the table. you try to you try to get into talking about reason. but what are you talking about? And the anger gets all the when 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 reason is injected into the conversation, it becomes all the more difficult and, and 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 this is where we're heading in in this country I mean, if if you think this is difficult here think of israel where the country recognizes it wants nothing to do with netanyahu any further but at the same time there are a majority of israelis who basically uh, having seen all of these fumbled attempts going back 20 and 30 and 40 years to work on a two-state solution, none of them ever taken seriously, and now realizing that it, it's going to be all the harder. Now, the notion of a two-state solution, even among people, according to polling, even among people who are uh, totally against Netanyahu, and that's virtually the entire population, even those people are saying there can no longer be a two-state solution. And that is allowing Netanyahu to continue his military campaign in Gaza, which is losing world opinion. And if you believe, uh, I read a poll somewhere here that came out that said that people, young people in America between 20 and 35 years of age, 50% of them, I don't know where the hell this came from, somebody who I don't normally trust sent me a, a poll on this. I think this would have made a lot more, it would have gotten a lot more air if it were true. I don't know. Maybe it is. But this poll said half of all, let's call them young voters or potentially potential young voters in America would basically be willing to destroy undo to basically dissolve the state of Israel at this point just just try to get that in your head and try to think of how much how what a total absence of critical thinking would go into a young person or anyone saying let's get rid of israel that will actually be a solution in the middle east and give it all to hamas or give it back to the pa- let's just give it back to the palestinians Let and let them now vent their anger, and let's see what might happen politically. And but let's not think about what the implications would be for American security. Let's not think about what would happen in the Middle East. Let's not think of how that would uh, you know encourage China, Russia. Don't think of anything. Please, dear God, no critical reasoning. No, get rid of Israel. That'll that'll do it. This is according to this poll that was sent to me by a guy that I don't normally. Uh, tend to, you know, uh, put much credence in his stuff, the stuff he sends along. It sounds like a Russian bot put this out. But half of young voters would basically say, yeah, I'd be for getting rid of the state of it. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's absolutely insane. It is an emotional reaction. Now, whether those young voters, or however this came, whether they were MAGA types to begin with, I don't know. But I am telling you that it's this this accumulation of of non-critical thinking, which basically is prohibited by an embrace of the MAGA principles, a shared sense of grievance driven by a willingness to lie. Not Not necessarily everybody who was a MAGA follower, started off as someone willing to lie, but once you are in, you must embrace the, the, the lies coming from the leaders. You must, you must drop all barriers, the barrier being, in this case, the capacity for critical reasoning, go into a purely emotional state, and be convinced that failure to embrace the lie is tantamount to near-term extinction. Extinction. They're going to get us. They're going to take, they're coming after you. Well, if you believe they're coming after you and there's nothing you can do but band together, what happens when your leader is under threat? When the leader, the guy who tells you that without me, they're going to get you, and suddenly this guy is about to be taken off the playing field, and he will be. What happens then? I can give you a series of potential scenarios, none of which are particularly uh, <laughs> uplifting or endearing, but definitely one of them involves violence. People, I, and I'm not sure what they would be, if they would the violence would be directed at, I don't know, whoever Donald or whoever is his spokesperson at that point said to direct the violence at. I, I, not, th- th- of course, the insanity of that is that no amount of violence directed anywhere at anything solves a problem that wasn't really a real problem to begin with, or certainly a problem that has nothing to do with a violent solution. It, it, it's, it, it is a pro- they are problems of 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 position on various issues that require solution that cannot be just shouted down without destroying the system under which we live so maybe if you want to go right to right to the heart of it all you basically take down the system and you put the Donald in and you let him be whatever he's... In essence, you, you, you have an overnight fascist dictator. This is one possible solution, and one that, that is in concert with the emotional state that the MAGA base, driven by the MAGA men, the MAGA leaders, is living with right now. It is by no means out of the realm of possibility. Basically, it requires a sense, an ongoing sense of hopelessness. It requires a perpetual sense of grievance. It requires a complete surrender of rational thought. It requires a sense that there is no other solution, and there will never be. See, this is the hopeful part. There can never be, there will never be a solution to any of this the other side just won't allow it we really have no think about it friends comrades what however you want to. think about it people where do you go from here we've watched this for 250 years they've been telling blah blah, blah 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 and where does it end up it ends up nowhere and this time around you see this time around this is this is the apocalyptic part this time around, this is our last chance to get things right. And I don't care. They've destroyed all notion of what democracy is supposed to be. There was, there was slavery. That's how this thing started. And we didn't have all these crazy... Im- and, and there'll be lies on top of lies on top of lies. Misconceptions misconstrue things. And in the end, the logical solution is to basically burn it down and take it over for ourselves. Not again, again, not thinking through what that would mean. If Donald were to somehow by force take over the country, what country would it be? How would it interact? How would it? Could you put enough people in place up and down the food chain of every, and up and down the the the, the scale of every major state, every major uh, institution in the country? Could you get everything instantly under Donald's control? Is there both a willingness or a recognition of the need to basically take control of the country overnight? And then we're not even talking about the military. Forget about it. That's a whole, whole other issue. What would the military do in such a situation? The military, which is based on order and structure and adherence to the Constitution. What the hell does the military do at that point? The military, which basically has an obligation to ignore illegal orders given by the commander-in-chief. You see where this is going right now. This is... As I say, and again, this is all sort of coming out of uh, the David David French uh, op-ed piece that I saw on the Times, was reading the Times, and conversations, and thinking about people I've, I've encountered. This is one possible scenario. It is not the only possible scenario. It is not the absolutely defined outcome. It is not no matter what any side from a media perspective wants to sell so that they can get your loyalty and adherence, so that you can be as emotionally bereft and lack... And, and, and by the way, and I, and I got to throw this at the left too, you get aggravated and angry enough about this, and you start saying that they're doing this. Well, after a while, that same lack of critical reasoning begins to pervade the thought of your people. Well, if they're gonna be critically insane and not be able to be critically reasonable and think through things, well then what the hell choice do we have? Are we just gonna be think thoughtful and, re- and sit around being all Tweety and sipping tea and discussing things while they try to take over the country? and dis- you, you see where that goes in a hurry. Information. Reality. Hope, a sense of a sense of what it is that we share. These things communicate quickly and more easily in a an established democracy like our own than many of us give credit for. the The ugliness and the meanness of the MAGA world, basically, yes, that can be inserted anywhere at any time. But democracy has a resilience, and and I and I have and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, go into a, a further little uh, sidebar over here. Um, there is a place for committed peacemakers at this point. Um, you, uh, many of you who have listened for a while have have listened to what we call our Noble Hearts forums. We haven't we haven't had one in a while. Uh, One guy in particular, uh, Dr. Charles Webbel, who is uh, the author of the text used by most colleges around the world in teaching what they call peace studies. How you approach peace, how you consciously approach peace in times of and in circumstances that are basically rooted in anger and, and dissension. What do you do at that point? And I think it's time to look at those situations. I know Charles has been sending me information on this. I think it might be time for a Noble Hearts forum on the issue, especially with the Arab-Israeli thing. But, but America becomes all the more, where we are going is all the more significant also. It is by no means unthinkable that a state of worldwide fascism Worse than what was experienced in the first half of the twentieth century could emerge from all of this with far, 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 worse consequences because of the presence of nuclear weapons scattered all over the damn place. And all and at some point, someone feeling, well, that's it, I've been pushed as far as I can, and someone who has a stockpile sets it off, and the next one, boom, that that, that is by no means out of out of the question. That's a worst-case scenario. And then, what would happen after that? Well, uh, do you want to have a, uh, you know, uh, uh, you have, you know, a, a Mel Gibson type uh, uh, situation, um, or maybe uh, uh, we have a sudden, quick renaissance, a la my writings, but with other things that still kind of happen. And then, it's all about still about hope, even even when things can get wonderful rather quickly. Hope is still an issue. And uh, well, I'm not going to get into my stuff here right now. But I think we have to start pushing back harder with hope, not 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 Tweety sipping tea hope, with true discussions of with with prayerful. Meditation towards—I know—I know it sounds like wait a minute. No, that my God, you talk about you know uh, uh, it, it, it's imbalanced uh, approaches to things, you know, asymmetric warfare, if you will, hope fair, but that's what has to happen here. We have to start injecting notions of hope and forgiveness and what is good and you can't do that in an env- when when the shared environment is one of fear and anxiety on the on one part dr- that is driving it to start off with and then the reaction is fear and anxiety because well how else do we deal with this no there mu- it's always a conscious decision to inject hope and to inject mechanisms for realizing that hope within Groups, families, cities, nations, planets. So far from giving up on everything, uh, far from looking at all of these individual components, the uh, reading the the David French op-ed, reading, uh, uh, listening to my friends talking about their families, listening to Rudy Giuliani and all the other madness and. All of this, all of the anger and angst and fear, no, we can, the pushback is not just to be as frightened of what they might do as they are in order to get to the point of thinking about doing it. I mean, it gets a little convoluted there. Now, we, we have to look at ways of achieving peace. We have to look at ways of literally uh, stopping what's going on in Gaza right now. We, there, there has to be a way out of this. It's, it's gotten too crazy. It's gotten out of hand. The emotions are at a point where y- y- you're not going to be able to pull back if you let this go much further. And we have to start talking about pulling back. You can't have, if it's true, half of all young people willing to throw away Israel simply because it makes for a nice slogan and that there's no critical thought injected or necessary. We can't go that way. We have to start thinking about hope and hope as the vehicle towards healing and healing as the only way that we will preserve and basically develop what our Constitution and our democracy permits us to have and what is, will be necessary to support a state of ongoing peace and development and, and positive evolution in the months, days, months, and years ahead. We can't just wait and see. We must positively promote peace and rationality and thought, and I'm, like I say, uh, I, I, I'm not so much talking myself into it. I, I knew what I was going to say before we went on air today. But there will be a, a Noble Hearts Forum to discuss this stuff in some more detail. And what can be done and is being done and what should be better promoted and, and, and what more people should know about around the world, in the current environment, that goes beyond just one side being insane, the MAGA people, driving their set of the media, and the other side increasingly just being worried about the MAGA people. Now, there there have to be actions. There must be positive actions. Fear versus fear is what allows the irrationality the, the more just the, the 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 greater quantity of irrationality the magaist will win in that one if it's just fear versus fear the country will not really do well ultimately there must be hope and hope acted upon and like could i say we're going to we're going to go a step further with that uh, with a noble hearts form in the not far distant future And keep that theme and that thought going as time goes on. There's nothing else to be done. It's the only responsible way to act. It's what people who do love America and the meaning of America. It's what you do if you want to make America better. Not just take it all down so Donald can sleep at night. A little jazz. jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment. And go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant. As the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident, and as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. If we just look at all of the different elements that are coming, the the negative ones, it's easy to draw the conclusion that the only possible result is the end of our democracy, but rather than just listen to the, to the lack of rational thought, if we begin injecting hope and the, and the actions that are demanded by hope into the equation, we may come out of this better than we went into it.